Welcome to the Building Great Lives podcast, a podcast about real life, real issues, and finding real answers to life's most difficult questions. And now your host, Trent Gillum. Greetings, everyone. Trent here. Welcome to episode number 78 of the podcast. I'm glad you've joined the Building Great Lives journey. Before we get started, as always, I'd like to say a huge thank you to our monthly ministry partners and to you, the listener. You make this ministry possible, and I'm excited to have you on the Building Great Lives team. If you're interested in becoming a monthly partner in missions, follow the link in the show notes or send me an email at buildinggreatlivespodcast at gmail.com and I'll be glad to walk you through our many convenient giving options here at the Building Great Lives podcast. It's our desire to help people from around the world grow, heal, discover, and fulfill their unique purpose. Thank you for sharing these episodes. We're praying these messages of hope reach every possible person in every possible nation. In today's episode, we're going to talk about how to increase our spiritual capacity. God has more in store for you. Your potential doesn't have to be limited by your upbringing, your exposure, your financial standing, or where you were born. It's important to understand that God wants you to grow in the kingdom. It's important to recognize that spiritual growth is possible. The ceiling on your potential can be lifted. The psalmist in Psalms 119 and verse 32 asked God to enlarge his heart. Jabez in 1 Chronicles chapter 4 and verse 10 asked God to bless him and enlarge his coast. The disciples in Luke chapter 17 verse 5 asked Jesus to increase their faith. Peter in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 5 said, giving all diligence add to your faith. Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9 said, but as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard neither have it entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Now, I've heard this verse used many times in many different settings, most often at funerals. Now, I understand this, and I'm not trying to say that using this text talking about future things in heaven is somehow wrong or a misuse of the verse. However, nowhere before the verse nor after the verse in this chapter does Paul mention heaven or things to come in the next life. Paul isn't even referring to eternal things. For verse 10 tells us these things have been revealed to us by the Spirit. Paul is saying there's more available right now, not just when you get to heaven. Whatever you've seen, God has more. Whatever you've heard, God has more. Whatever you've thought, envisioned, or dreamed, God has more for you. God has more. 
That's a powerful thing that we have to get in our own hearts, no matter who you are, no matter where you're from, no matter what culture you've been born in, no matter how much money you have or don't have, none of those things are limiting the power of God's ability to work in your life. God says, I want you to know that I have called you to more. There's more available, no matter what you've seen, no matter what you've heard, no matter what you've dreamed of. God's saying, I have more in store for those that will seek him. I want to encourage you, listener, become more hungry for the things of God. Seek after them. You'll find God is readily available to give you the more that you need. We can learn a lot from the restoration story of Jacob and Esau. Jacob and Esau had been angry and separated for a long while. Both men had been blessed, become very successful. They both had large families and great herds. Genesis chapter 32 and 33 tells us the story of their brotherly restoration. Jacob and his servants sent Esau 200 female goats and 20 male goats. 200 ewes and 20 rams, 30 female camels with their young, 40 cows and 10 bulls, 20 female donkeys and 10 male donkeys. Genesis chapter 33 tells us why that Jacob sent this. It was for a gift. Even Esau asked, what do you mean by sending me all of these flocks? Jacob responded by saying, these are a present to you that I might find grace in your sight. He was seeking for restoration. I like what Genesis chapter 33 verses 9 through 11 teaches us. Esau responded to these gifts by looking at his brother Jacob and saying, I have enough. My brother, keep what you have for yourself. And Jacob responded, no, I pray. Now the word pray there is used to express urgency. Jacob says, no, I pray that if I found grace in your sight, that you will receive this present at my hand. Jacob said, take it. I want to be a blessing to you. And Esau took it. Jacob prayed with urgency. Don't say you have enough. There's more here for you than you've ever experienced before. Don't say, oh, I'm blessed. I have enough. I'm satisfied with where I am. There's a revelation in this scripture that God is trying to teach us, never say we've had enough of the things of God. I've met Christians that have, in essence, said the same thing. Oh, I'm blessed. I'm thankful for all we have, and I'm thankful for every blessing. I'm thankful for all the miracles, all the signs and wonders, but I want more. I don't want to be among those that say, Lord, you've been good to me, but this is enough. Lord, you've blessed me, but that's enough. Lord, you've anointed me, but that's enough. 
I want to have the revelation deep in my spirit that no matter how long I've been living for God, God has more for me than I have ever dreamed before. God has that for us. So we need to make up our mind right now to say, God, whatever you have for me, I want it. I'm not going to ever say that I've had enough of the things of God. And the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 19, verses 1 through 6, that Paul met 12 disciples of John. The Bible says that Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came into Ephesus, finding these certain disciples. And he said unto them, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, Unto what then were you baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. And then Paul said, Well, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people, But that they should follow and believe on him which would come after, that is, on Christ Jesus. And the Bible said that when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands upon them, they received the Holy Ghost. This is powerful because these disciples had an experience with God. They had followed John's teachings. They had been baptized unto the baptism of repentance. But they had not heard that there was more. They had not received the Holy Ghost yet. But when they heard there was more, they didn't reject it. They didn't say, I've had enough. No, they followed into the things of God deeper than they had been. The first step to receiving more is realizing there's more to receive. Now that you know God has more, are you ready to receive it? In order to receive more from God, you have to be willing to take the limits off. You have to be willing to follow God into the things that God leads you. So I have a question for you, listener. Does your follow have limits? I remember preaching a revival many years ago, and while preaching about how that God had given me a word for that church, how they would grow, how there would be many people that would come to the altar and repent, be baptized and filled with the Spirit of the Lord, and how the church was going to have a powerful revival. I talked about how that they would sacrifice and God would reward their sacrifice, and I preached about how that God would do many things, but the price that had to be paid. And while I was preaching that, I'll never forget this wonderful lady raised her hands in the middle of the preaching and she said, oh, hold up, preacher. That's far enough. Now, looking back on that, we've all laughed about that, but it brought out a great point. Does your follow have limits? Is there something God would ask of you that you would be unwilling to do? If so, if we want more of God, then we've got to be willing to take the limits off and allow God to lead us and us be willing to follow. Matthew chapter 26, verses 36 through 39 gives us a great example of this. Judas has already gone to betray Jesus, but the disciples, 
that are with him, they come to the garden. And Jesus looks at the disciples and says unto them, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. I'm reading from the King James. Verse 37, And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, which we know was James and John, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here, and watch with me. And he went a little further, and fell on his face, and prayed, saying, O my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. I want you to notice the King James text says, sit ye here, I go pray yonder. And then the Bible says that Jesus went a little further. All 11 disciples, minus Judas, followed to a place the King James text called here. It was the Garden of Gethsemane. They were all there together. And then the Bible says that three disciples, Peter, James, and John, followed Jesus to a place the King James text called yonder. And then third, Jesus went to a place that the King James text called a little further. Matter of fact, one of the gospel writers said that it was about a stone's throw away. Very close. The Word of God brings out three distinct places. All were disciples. They all made it to a place called here. Three made it to a place called yonder. And Jesus, at that place called a little further, prayed with great agony. How far are you willing to follow? You've made it to this place called here or where you are right now. But the Lord's saying, I want you to go a little further. I want you to go a little more. I want you to do a little more. Does your follow have limits? Or are you satisfied where you are? Or are you saying, Lord, where you lead me, I will follow. See, the rich young ruler's follow had limits. He asked Jesus, What do I need to do to inherit eternal life? He had followed the commandments since he was but a youth. And when Jesus told him, go sell all you have and give it to the poor, the Bible says he walked away sorrowful because he was very rich. Now, I know that that price is not the same price that each one of us is required, but all of us are required to follow. Jesus, knowing that he came to save all men, and the Bible being very clear that it's not his will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance, you would think that Jesus would run after this rich young ruler and go, wait, 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 don't walk away. I'll lower the cost. I'll change how far you have to follow. But he didn't, because the Lord will not compromise in the price that each of us have to pay or in how far each of us have to follow. Now, if we're hungry for God, and that's what I want this episode to do, I want to stir up a hunger inside of you that says, Lord, I'm willing to follow you. 
Lord, there's nothing in your word that I'm not willing to obey. It may not always be easy. I certainly may not understand all of it. But Lord, if you will teach me and you will show me, I will follow you. These are keys to increasing your spiritual capacity. The only way to truly open yourself up, to enlarge yourself, is to be willing to follow the Lord wherever he may lead. And as you begin to follow him, you will naturally begin to grow, and your ability to contain more will flow from your obedience. The more we seek him, the more of him we will find. But we all have to ask ourselves, are we satisfied with where we are spiritually or are we ready for more? Because the Lord's moving in the day that we're living in and he's looking for those that will follow him without limits. And why is this? It's because God wants to reveal the deep things to us. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9, as we have talked about, and verse 10, as we will discuss now, But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have it entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. Here, the word deep means mysteries or the hidden things of God. It's not that God hides them because he doesn't want us to know them, but they are only revealed to those that are in the Spirit, not to those that are carnally minded. These unknown things are revealed to us when we are hungry for the deep things of God. Matthew chapter 16 gives us a great example of this. Verses 13 through 19. When Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood have not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Did you catch that? There are some things, the deep things, the mysteries of God, that are only revealed by the Spirit. And so if we want to know the things of God, we've got to be willing to grow in the Spirit. Now, notice what happened. This was a natural product of Peter being able to see in the Spirit. Verse 18 said, And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. God will reveal the deep things. First, 
spiritual knowledge that will establish your life on a biblical foundation is revealed in the deep things. And second, spiritual power to bind and loose in the spirit. This is spiritual warfare. So the things that create a foundation for life and the things that give you the ability to overcome in life are revealed by the spirit. So the question is, how deep do you want to go? The psalmist declared in Psalms chapter 42 and verse 7, deep calleth unto deep. The prophet Ezekiel in Ezekiel chapter 47 verses 1 through 5, the Bible said, and afterward, he brought me again into the door of the house and behold, waters issued from under the threshold of the house eastward. For the forefront of the house stood toward the east and the waters came from under from the right side of the house at the south side of the altar. Then brought he me out of the way of the gate northward and led me about the way without unto the utter gate by the way that looketh eastward. And behold, there ran out waters from the right side. Verse three said, and when the man that had the line in his hand went forth eastward, he measured a thousand cubits and brought me through the waters The waters were to the ankles. Again, he measured a thousand and brought me through the waters. The waters were to the knees. And again, he measured a thousand and brought me through. The waters were to the waist. And afterward, he measured a thousand and it was a river that I could not pass over. For the waters were risen waters to swim in a river that could not be passed over. Waters went from the ankles to the knees to the waist and waters deep enough to swim in. So the question is, how deep do you want to go? Listener, I'm telling you, God is calling you to deep things. Don't settle for ankle deep when God has waters to swim in. Paul said in the book of Romans, chapter number 11, verse number 33, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. God has great things in store for you. I don't want you to settle for anything less than what God has for you. I want you to get the revelation. I want you to have a mind-opening experience where you realize you can break through the ceiling of your potential and grow and become something great in the Spirit. God has called you to do incredible things. Your past, your pain, nothing you've been through is great enough to keep you from the deep waters when you are willing to take the limits off. And as has become our tradition here at the Building Great Lives podcast, I want to pray for you, listener. I want to pray that God would open up your understanding and encourage you and gently push you 
into more. Lord, increase each listener's desire for more of you. Let each of them recognize that you have more available for them. Help each listener to be willing to take the limits off and say, Lord, here I am. Use me. Show me. I want the deep things of God. And as always, thank you so much for listening. In the meantime, please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. If you enjoyed this episode, tell a friend, maybe text them the link or share it on your social. You can find me on social at Trent Gillum, that's G-I-L-L-I-A-M, on Instagram at Rev Gillum. You can also reach me at Building Great Lives Podcast at gmail.com. And I look forward to hearing from you. And until next time, let's keep building. You've been listening to the Building Great Lives Podcast, a member of the Real Life Church Network. Join us next time as we dig deeper into life's most challenging questions. 